Renaissance Online Radio, clear for departure. Welcome to Renaissance Online Radio. This is episode number 12, the CPAC edition, you might say. CPAC, or the Conservative Political Action Conference, is held every year. Uh, It is put on by the American Conservative Union, and this year has been held at the Gaylord Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland. The gathering is for uh, people who have a conservative bent and who are uh, deeply interested in promoting conservatism. Many of the attendees are young people. When I say young people, I'm talking about high school and college age. And uh, many others are people who have been in politics for many years, uh, either as commentators or as advisors or as politicians uh, or just as promoters. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting mix of folks. Um, what I did notice with the, was that there were not a lot of people my age. There are a lot of people a lot younger, and there are a lot of people a little bit older. But my age, well, let's face it, people my age are busy raising kids, working our tails off, and don't really have time to do this kind of thing. I just got lucky. So uh, that was one observation. Uh, I have pretty much stuck to the events in uh, the main ballroom, what they call the general session. Um, So... Basically, I saw the major lectures and a bunch of uh, panels, uh, panel discussions that were, uh, that were conducted. All were interesting on some level. Um, so it's, it's really been a challenge for me to figure out what to bring you, my listeners, about CPAC in a 10 to 20 minute format when it's taken two and a half days to uh, get to this point. So I'll... I'll just focus on a few of the presentations that I found most enjoyable or most interesting. One of the first presenters was Governor Scott Walker from Wisconsin. He was one of the early dropouts in the 2016 presidential run, but uh, what a what an interesting fellow! Uh, if he had won, he would would have been the first president to not have graduated from college. Uh, some said that like that was a bad thing. Others, uh, others not so much. I, I think he would have been a fine president had he been uh, given the opportunity to sit in the in the chair in the Oval Office. But uh, he's kind of set the tone by quoting Reagan. Uh, Reagan, uh, President Reagan, was uh, a an early participant in CPAC back in the mid seventies. In fact, I believe he was uh, present at the first one and spoke at the first one. Um, but Reagan had been quoted as saying uh, the federal government did not create the states, but it was the states who created the federal government. And throughout the rest of the conference, uh, references to Reagan are everywhere. Uh, it's uh, He's kind of the patron saint, you might say, of the conservative movement, and uh, so is often referred to. Conservatism is very focused on the importance of an originalist um, 
interpretation of the Constitution. And so, of course, the loss of uh, Justice Scalia in the past couple of weeks is a, is a hot topic here. Ben Sass was a speaker yesterday who really impressed me. He is very much a constitutional expert, an originalist, and uh, a rising star in, uh, in politics. He's someone I would suggest that you keep an eye on. Uh, uh, everything I see at this point points to him being someone who could be a very good influence on our nation. Rick Santorum spoke. Uh, he also was an early dropout this year, or at least a dropout. Uh, he didn't get as much traction as he got uh, four years ago when he ran. He focused more on how important it is for the GOP to find ways to help take care of our, our blue-collar workers who have been very much left behind by uh, changes in society in the past uh, few decades. So he was uh, he was uh, interesting, uh, very engaging speaker. Uh, I enjoyed his uh, his presentation, and I can see why he has done well in politics. Gary Johnson followed him, and uh, if you know anything about Gary Johnson, he is actually running for the Libertarian uh, candidacy this year, uh, as he did four years ago. He was the New Mexico governor. Uh, he, interestingly, is a gas balloonist and has done several gas balloon flights of greater than 2,000 miles. He talked about that briefly. Uh, he also has summited Everest. Um, kind of a cool guy in general. Uh, he's into, uh, he, he promotes uh, drug legalization, and uh, he is a fierce defender of civil liberties. He is a promoter of the uh, fair tax, and uh, one thing he pointed out was that he had never raised a tax rate while in while a governor. He's someone I would be very comfortable voting for uh, to be president. Following uh, Gary Johnson was John Bolton, former ambassador to the United Nations. He's rather outspoken. Actually, that's something I've always appreciated about uh, Mr. Bolton. He talked about how American strength has kept the world safe by being a counterforce against uh, other countries such as China and Russia. And as America withdraws unilaterally, the vacuum, the power vacuum that is left is being filled by these other countries. Not surprisingly, he was highly critical of the Iran nuclear deal. After Mr. Bolton finished, Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, spent some time talking about uh, the per current president's efforts to close Guantanamo Bay and to move prisoners to the United States. He's not a fan, not surprisingly, uh, one reason being that one of the sites being evaluated to move Guantanamo Bay prisoners to is in South Carolina, his state. After Senator Scott finished, Dennis Prager of Prager University uh, spent some time talking. And he was uh, he, he's someone whose who's videos on YouTube I very much enjoy. He spends five minutes, typically, 
really boiling topics down to their core, which is, if, if you follow me, something I am a fan of and try to do at times. He said, We are now seeing the undoing of the American Revolution. And he contrasted the American Revolution to the French Revolution, one of uh, ideology versus one of populism and uh, really no moral or ethical uh, framework, just a bloody revolution. He spoke of the American Trinity. He described it as the following. Liberty, in God we trust, and e pluribus unum. Every coin carries all three. He says that the American left undermines all three aspects. Liberty is being uh, replaced by equality. And in God we trust. Well, freedom is only possible if people are morally accountable to a morally judging God, however that is perceived. E pluribus unum, from many, one, is being undermined by the entire concept of multiculturalism as opposed to integration, the great melting pot. We've heard the discussion uh, from others also about uh, multiculturalism, the idea of a salad bowl versus a melting pot. After Mr. Prager had talked for a while, he hosted a panel that included uh, Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, uh, and a discussion about what's called the Article One Project, which is an attempt to reconstitutionalize the government. It's something worth looking into. If you have some time, look up the Article One Project under Mike Lee's website. Also, look up the RAINS Act. There was also a discussion on gay marriage, which I took the opportunity to go find lunch and eat. By the time I got back, Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, was on stage being interviewed. They were talking about uh, whether or not he should keep his beard or shave his beard. His beard was shaved by this point. He pointed out that, indeed, uh, in Wisconsin, when you go bow hunting, uh, you grow your beard. He said, I'm a bow hunter. That's what we do, which I thought was amusing. Uh, after uh, Congressman Ryan, uh, Wayne LaPierre from the NRA, the National Rifle Association, had a talk, and it was, the well, it was probably the best produced piece of the day. He's... Uh, He's got his talk down, and it has video interspersed with it. Um, He's been doing this a while, and his videos go back quite a few years uh, to where he was fighting for background background checks for gun purchases uh, many years ago. So I enjoyed enjoyed very much his talk. Of course, I'm not not uh, an anti-gun person, so I find the NRA to not be the abhorrent organization that so many people try to make it into. Another rising star that I hope you are aware of or become aware of is Representative Mia Love from Utah. She's a black lady who is uh, a very dynamic speaker, a great representative of the conservative cause, and uh, 
I expect that she will go far in politics if she chooses to. There were several other panel discussions, including one on criminal criminal justice reform. Uh, Ken Cuccinelli from Virginia, uh, David Clark, the Wisconsin, uh, the Milwaukee County uh, Sheriff, and uh, a couple of other folks discussed uh, different views on how to reform the criminal justice system. And then there was a panel discussion uh, on how to deal with radical Islamism that included a most interesting lady, Ayan Hirsi Ali. She is a very brave woman who uh, grew up in Islam and uh, is now an outspoken critic. She made some very salient points about Islam, including uh, understanding Muhammad in Medina. This is a this is a topic that I've been trying to trying to learn more about myself. I'm trying to read through the Quran uh, personally, uh, just to just to understand uh, what uh, what it's all about, and to be able to communicate uh, to have conversations that are actually informed. To be honest, I haven't gotten very far, but uh, it has been interesting nonetheless. The last presenter of the evening was probably my favorite of the day. It was a fellow you may have heard of before named Buzz Aldrin. I've been a fan of his for pretty much my entire thinking life. Uh, He was the second man to set foot on the moon. And he currently is trying to to, uh, excite support for a uh, particular design engineering approach to putting humans on Mars, described as uh, what he called circling pathways. That's something that I plan to look up and uh, read more about. But uh, he, uh, he made, a, made an interesting presentation, and at the end, uh, as he was finishing up, he, dis- he referred to himself as Mars Guy Buzz, which I thought was kind of cool. Later on, after uh, after supper, there was a debate watch party. I only attended a few minutes, realized that the ethanol level was higher than I was comfortable with, and I returned to my hotel room. I listened to some of the debate. It uh, did not have a tone that I had any interest in listening to further, so I, uh, I went ahead and got some sleep. One of the first presenters this morning was Dana Lesh from The Blaze. She talked about unity and needing to, as she she said, soften your heart, strengthen your messaging, pushing for the big tent, which uh, was fine. The most interesting piece for me out of her talk was when I retweeted, or when I I tweeted a quote from her, um, you want to see a war on women? Come try to disarm women. We had our right to bear arms before we could vote. Now, that was fun, but after that, uh, after she finished talking, she uh, found that I had tweeted that, and she retweeted me. And that led to about 54 retweets so far, and 87 likes, which is the most activity by far I've gotten on a Twitter feed. So that was kind of cool. 
She was followed by Kate Bryan, who talked about the need for a functional guest worker program in the United States. Um, after she finished, uh, Representative uh, Louis Gohmert from Texas stood up and also talked about border security. Now, they were supposed to be point-counterpoint, but really what we have is this ongoing lack of articulation of the idea of illegal versus legal immigration. Now, Representative Gohmert is concerned with the drug gangs, uh, drug cartels, I should say, and their influence at the border and the results of our lack of control of that border. Now, that's not a counterpoint to a need for a guest worker program. They are not incompatible ideas. That's, that's just what frustrates the daylights out of me. What we need is to control our border and to make it possible for those who we want, we Americans, we United States citizens want to invite into our country to do work for us for money, uh, they should be able to have a way to do it legally. I'm good with that. But having an open border is, well, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. I know there are those who disagree with me on that, but I just, the logic just makes perfect sense to me that if we're going to have a country, we have to have at least some semblance of control over the border, which at this point we really don't have. All right, enough of that bandwagon. Um, after a little while after those two finished, Mark Levin took the stage. Now, Mark is one of the most articulate uh, speakers for liberty for conservative values with the with the perspective of having worked for President Reagan in in the White House um, a number of years ago as you can tell he is a he's an attorney he's got a radio show and you know I don't, I don't know what to say about Mark except that if you haven't listened to him and followed, his thinking, you've really missed out on some really intellectually stimulating talk. So it was, it was as I described on Twitter, a barn burner of a speech. And uh, he also presented the uh, new television uh, project that he is getting ready to start. It's an internet-only uh, TV show called uh, Levin TV. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that in all my free time. Ha ha. Um, there were a few more panel discussions, all of which were interesting, but I didn't attend all of them. Uh, after those panel discussions and uh, lunchtime, John Kasich took the stage. And he's very good at what he does. You know, he's kind of like Rick Santorum. He's... He, you understand after you watch him present how he has gotten this far as he's gotten. Of course, he is a politician, and that comes with its own risks. So he claims to be able to balance budgets and do all kinds of things like that. 
I don't know. Yeah, something about Kasich. But uh, he was here, and I respect that. There were several other presenters after him. Um, one that really caught my attention was a lady named Gloria Alvarez. Uh, she's uh, there, she was there representing the National Civic Movement of Guatemala. Uh, if you have a chance to look up her talk, do so. Uh, she talked about how populism has led to things like Hugo Chavez and how we are doing our absolute best to do the same thing by, and she didn't say this explicitly, but it was kind of implied, by following someone like uh, Donald Trump. A little later, Ted Cruz took the stage, and he was clearly a crowd favorite. The audience erupted with cheers and yells, and he, uh, he very confidently took the stage. There, he, he has gotten down quite well the art of appearing to own the stage. And you know, I guess, you know, when you done as many talks as he's done and been on as many stages as he's been on, you know, I guess that's practice, but it works. And, you know, there's a lot of people who like to hate on Ted, but I like him, to be honest. I really do. He comes across very real. He emotes well. And, you know, is it real? Is it not? I have no reason to think that it's not real, except that he is a politician by definition. The fact that nobody in Washington likes him, actually, to me, that means that he probably is the real deal. Um, At least someone who may be able to go to Washington and not be uh, consumed by Washington. Because so far, he certainly has not been consumed by Washington. And I was... uh, I was actually lucky enough to shake his hand as he went out. So that was that was a kind of cool piece for me, for whatever that's worth. Dr. Carson talked to us after uh, Mr. Cruz left the stage. And, you know, that was, that was kind of the speech everybody was holding their breath for, to see what he would say. And you know what he said? Nothing that people wanted to hear. He gave a, a smart intellectual talk about how he would choose who to vote for and uh, then left it at that. He did get more standing ovations than uh, Ted Cruz got, which I thought was kind of interesting, kind of cool. Like you said, though, you know, everybody loves me, but nobody votes for me. So, it's true. My evening was finished up with a presentation by Carly Fiorina, who is as engaging in real life as she is on TV. A very nice talk. And, you know, at this point, you know, after you, it's almost like if you've heard one, you've heard them all. Um, in some ways, it feels like you're going to church and hearing the same sermon over and over, uh, just different versions and different ways of saying basically the same things, which are most all things that I agree with. 
I was hoping to get more networking experience, uh, networking opportunities than I've gotten uh, while here. But the reality is that's my problem. Uh, being as introverted as I am, it's, it's hard for me to go out and engage in conversations with people I don't know. But I have had a few, um, some very interesting folks. I, I'm beginning to think that only interesting folks show up here because every person I've had a conversation with, um, I really enjoyed we heard this afternoon that Don Trump is not showing up tomorrow. Somehow he found a way to be busy somewhere else, like Kansas. So, and I wasn't really surprised when I heard that, this is not a crowd that is hugely in favor of Donald Trump. Um, he would have been uh, he would have been welcomed by some. There were there are certainly many fans here. But there are also many pretty strong detractors, and I heard rumors of a plan for a mass walkout in the uh, Grand Ballroom uh, when he was to take the stage. So, for whatever reason, we will not be hearing from Donald Trump. I'm kind of curious as to whether or not Marco Rubio will show up tomorrow. My guess is he's probably going to pull a Greenville on us, like... uh, couple of weeks ago where he was scheduled to show up and we found out 45 minutes after uh, after his original time that uh, he was uh, in fact unable to make it that could be translated into he heard that the crowd wasn't as friendly toward uh, toward him as he wanted and uh, so he chose not to show up that kinda is my guess I was there and I saw zero representation of uh, Rubio fans in the audience um, inside the building. There were a few people outside holding signs for Rubio, but that's all that I saw in, uh, in the uh, Conservative Review uh, Conference in Greenville, South Carolina. So maybe we see Rubio tomorrow. Maybe we won't. Can't say as I much care. I think uh, Rubio needs to recognize that his chances of winning are pretty low and his chances of ruining it for anybody else are pretty high. And with that, we'll close it down for now. Thank you for listening. If you ever have any questions that you would like addressed on this podcast, subjects you'd like discussed, or uh, just want to get a hold of, uh, of myself, you can email Renaissance Online Radio at gmail.com or if you'd like to follow the Twitter feed it's at Renaissance R-D-O Thanks and have a great day.